Welcome to Gen Z Girlies, the podcast designed specifically for Gen Z women and non-binary folk. This is the place where you can grow your confidence and learn about how to build careers and lives that you'll love. Here you can join a community where we sit down with other Gen Zers who are leveraging their interests and talents to make waves. I'm Maddie Baldwin, your host, your biggest supporter, and your advocate that whatever you can dream, you can do. And this, this is Gen Z Girlies. Hey, Gen Z Girlies, welcome to another episode of the Gen Z Girlies podcast. I am so excited about this guest that we have on this episode. There are just so many things that I'm excited for you to hear from her and what she has to say, Um, but I'll kind of just let her go ahead and introduce herself real quick and just give a a little bit of a spiel of, do you want to tell our audience kind of what your name is, but then also just what your title is and in your own words, kind of what is it that you do? Hi, my name is Yinky, and I'm the founder and designer of KO Studio, a women's boxing brand. I currently live in manage, live in New York City and manage the brand from here, um, but we have our own warehouse and office in Toronto, and that's actually where I started the company. Yeah, that is so cool, and I know we were just talking a minute ago, but for our audience that doesn't know, but I love your products, and I think that they are are honestly so amazing. And I love the vision that you kind of have behind your brand and just how you've created it, um, I think is honestly just amazing and kind of, it's like, leaves me awestruck actually a little bit just of like what you've made. Yeah. I think it's like just an amazing feat that you've done, but I guess I would love to hear a little bit more about what KO Studio really is and kind of, I guess, what led you to want to create that brand and how did that kind of get started for you? Mm-hmm. So it's a super long story. So I hope you don't mind. But I love it. We love a good story on here. So we we love the founder story. Absolutely. Um, I picked up boxing when I first moved to New York City three years ago. And at that point, I had like hated New York. I did not want to be there. I didn't know anyone in the city. And because I was at a low state in my life, I was also just like wasn't taking care of myself and super out of shape. Um, when I realized that I didn't have to be in the city and that it was my choice to be there, I wanted to take my life into my own hands again. And the first step that I felt like I needed to take was to get back into shape. And I just decided to join boxing impulsively. And although I was really scared to start the sport in the beginning, um, I ended up meeting like a really good group of girls there uh, and falling in love with the sport but I had been training um, for months and I just like couldn't find equipment that fit me right. And whenever I looked online, it just seemed that the only options were hot pink and companies would only offer like one to two styles or once I did order them and they arrived, they just wouldn't fit me right. And no one could give me recs. And I was also studying product design at the time and it wasn't an immediate click that, oh, maybe I can be the one to work through the solution. Um, But as I got deeper into my product design degree and we thought more about solution-based design, I was thinking about all the products I was unhappy with in my life. And I think boxing gear was 
one of the biggest pain points. And as I worked through building the brand and developing the products, it became more than just um, equipment for me. It was about building a community to support women and empowering them through the sport since it is super male dominated. And I know in New York City, um, a lot of girls box and it's super inclusive here, but maybe in some places in the States and also across the world, it's less inclusive. I had just come back from Europe actually last week and boxing is also huge there, but it's definitely um, more male-dominated there than it is in the U.S., although overall the sport is in general. Yeah, no, I mean, I think... I love just kind of like hearing, I think people's stories too, on just how, where they started and like how they got to where they're at now. And I think that that takes a lot of insight and also ambition to see that problem and really um, just push it through and really create something from that. And especially here, like at the Gen Z Girlies podcast, we're all about building like community. And I love that you said that you really wanted to build like a bigger community too around the brand that you're building, Mm -hmm. which I think um, is so great. And just looking for those like inclusive spaces to like build that community. Um, I think that one thing, and since I think I mentioned earlier is that I've been able to pick up boxing a little bit too in my life, which is something that I love. Um, But I would love to hear a little bit because I think that when I first started boxing, getting into the sport, like you said, it is a very male dominated Mm -hmm. sport. It can feel very scary kind of, I think the first time, first time you go to a boxing class or you don't really know what to expect. How was that like kind of for you getting into that sport and kind of jumping that barrier? And mm-hmm. do you feel like there's any concrete advice you can give to others that might want to get into that too? Or what does that look like for you? Like getting into the sport itself or the industry? Because I think both are just super yeah. male dominated. <laughs> no, absolutely. Let's so let's start with the sport because I think that one's really interesting. But then I definitely actually want to hear about the industry as well and more about how you build KO Studio for sure. Mm-hmm. I think for me, I was just super lucky that I picked up the sport in mm-hmm. New York City. Um, like so many girls box here and a lot of the gyms here have female trainers. Um, I have like had some poor experiences where um, either with like a new gym and like the entire class is men and instructors like less um, attentive to me because I'm the only girl or I'm just like put in situations that are uncomfortable and I don't really feel like um, I'm like the most supported in those environments Um, but overall I think I've been super lucky with my boxing experiences in New York City just because of the environment here. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. I mean, I think that's good to hear too, that like, and that's good for our audience to hear that. I think sometimes these ideas that we have about these spaces, there may be some, some parts that are true about them, but that really when you keep pushing, like you'll find your space for sure. And that it's usually a lot Mm -hmm. less scary than we kind of, you know, that we think it's going to be. And that when we actually push ourselves to get into it, we're like, oh, okay. Like actually this is like a great place to be. This is a great thing to do. Um, But I would love to hear your take too on the male dominated part of just getting into KO Studio as well. Yeah, I think the same with what you said about like finding your community Mm. and finding your gym. It's kind of the same in business, even though um, like business as a whole is still male 
pretty male dominated. Like when I go to conferences or events, um, there's always less women. Um, and I used to have so much social anxiety going to like founder events where I would literally talk to my therapist after them and she would ask me um, about how it was like after every event. And in boxing especially, even though it's super male dominated um, and the way that like leadership is in the large corps and stuff, um, it's all men. I feel like a lot of the uh, founders in the boxing space that we collaborate with acknowledge that, um, like the issues within the sport and what's lacking and they're always really supportive of our mission. Um, we work with like a lot of, I guess, like gym founders, which are mostly men and they always are like willing to be super acceptive and supportive of the brand. And I think like they themselves want to bring more women into their gym and to build like more of a female fighter community. Yeah, no, I think, I think that's really cool to hear just a little bit of kind of how you've managed to like get into the industry. And I think that there's also said to be something to be said about when you stay like true to who you are and true to like, kind of like what you want to build, that people are going to be receptive of it. And that um, there's always people that are going to support you throughout that journey for sure. Um, I think another thing I would be really interested in, and I think that our audience would be as well is so I know that you said a little bit is that KO studio was kind of born from this product design kind of mindset is you realize that there weren't enough products out there that um, were ones that you weren't wanting to use but I think so like going from the, like the product design to kind of maybe more of like building the brand and building the business, mm-hmm. what are some of like the concrete steps that you took after you realized, okay, there's a problem here um, and maybe even coming up with the design, like what next steps did you take in order to really um, bring KO Studio to life? Yeah, I think like the first thing that I did immediately after I had come up with the idea and decided that it possibly was something I wanted to pursue was I needed to make sure that it actually was something worth pursuing in a way where Mm -hmm. like people actually wanted it. So I started off with interviewing a bunch of the girls that I trained with. Um, I reached out to like female trainers and Mm -hmm. I just asked them, like, what do you think is missing in the industry and what are you unhappy with? And is this actually something that you would want? Or do you think that, like, the reason why, like, more women's gear doesn't exist and more, like, stylish and fitting design doesn't exist is because, one, there isn't, like, a fit issue and it's just maybe I just have smaller hands than the average woman. And two, girls don't actually care how their equipment looks. Um... So I just asked a lot of questions to a lot of people. Uh, And yeah, that I think was the most important. Um, And before I had even come up with like any of our products, I don't even, I think I had just come up with like the name. I didn't even choose the colors for what we wanted for like branding or anything. I like made all of our social accounts. I made sure to secure the handle. Yes. (laughs) Um, Yeah, most important thing, just see if, like, also, like, domain, just seeing if, like, these are available. Mm. 
Um, and I just like put myself out there and I put my idea out there into the world. Um, even though I was super nervous and, um, this is so random, but like I send people my very first TikTok video when they tell me that they're scared of starting TikTok because my first TikTok video is literally so awkward. It's literally me being like, um, this is my first TikTok, (laughs) but I just like started posting my journey about building the brand. And I think because I was also building an audience, I could ask like our customers questions about like, oh, what do you want to see? Like, how do you want the product? Like, what do you like, what do you think is missing in the industry? And like, how can our brand kind of um, become that? Mm. And we just like listened a lot. Yeah, I guess like the two things that were most important for me in the beginning um, was just asking a lot of questions, putting myself out there and listening. Yeah, I think those are amazing points, actually. And I think, yeah, especially like getting to have like a strong pulse on kind of what um, your target market market is kind of wanting is like a really important thing, definitely. And um, I guess that this question, you may have kind of just answered it a little bit, but Mm -hmm. I think after taking some of those steps and um, having those realizations kind of of what concrete steps you took and what was important in that process, um, if there is like another Gen Zer who's kind of wanting to follow along in like a similar path or um, yeah, accomplish something similar to what you have, what piece of advice or what couple pieces of advice would you give them um, while they're starting that journey? So maybe something that you would have told yourself or um, someone else, uh, but would love to hear that. I love this question because they ask it in every interview. <laughs> so you, you've got give... it down. You've got it down then. <laughs> no, no. I give the same answer every time. I think like the number one thing is just, just starting. Mm-hmm. Like start small. You don't have to have everything laid out because I think if you think about like, oh, it has to be all or nothing, it has to be perfect, Um, then you just won't start because I think perfection causes procrastination. Mm -hmm. And the three things I had mentioned in my last answer about listening um, and asking questions, I feel like if you have the foundation of um, what, like who exactly your customer is and what issue you want to target and what niche it is, all of the concrete steps of building the brand will fall into place on its own. Like you don't have to think about the little details about, oh, how am I going to trademark this? And how am I going to find manufacturers? And what is, how am I going to brand the brand? You know, Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like you need to lay out like the backbones of the business and then everything else falls into place and just try not to worry too much about, um, like how you're going to achieve these certain things. Maybe just start off small and set goals for where you want to be, even if you don't know how you'll get there yet. Yeah, no, I love that. I love what you, I think you said um, perfection means procrastination. I think that is so true. And I think something I've even seen in like my own projects in my own life is that when I try to get everything perfect or try to have everything planned out, that sometimes that just means I won't ever start. And that sometimes it's just mm-hmm. the most important thing is just starting. And then like everything after that will follow afterwards. I think that's like such a good point. Um, and I think that with uh, Knockout Studio and kind of, or is it just KO Studio or Knockout Studio? I wonder if that's a question that you get sometimes or 
what that I stands for. I never get that question. Really? Um, okay. But KO Studio is knockout, like, abbreviated, but no right. one says that. Like, people are like, oh, is KO your last name? Or sometimes they pronounce it as Ko. Oh, interesting. But I think okay. Like, KO makes sense, but, like, people just don't get it. That's what, whenever I have seen it, I have automatically thought, oh, like, that must be the abbreviation for knockout. Mm. So that is really interesting. Okay, but for KO Studio, <laughs> I guess. Um, the girls that get it, get it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, but I would love to hear a little bit about, um, I guess, like, what your day-to-day with the company kind of looks like. Like, what your role is within the company still and um yeah how you go about your day-to-day tasks and yeah like a little behind the scenes inside peek into that would be great I feel like it's changed so much since the beginning um because in the beginning when you're building the brand yourself you're like solo operating everything and I think starting out I was I went to design school so I was good at design and I loved marketing Mm. so my day-to-day used to look like just like spending all my time like setting up campaigns and creating social media content and I love doing all of the marketing stuff um but now I don't do any marketing at all like sometimes I'll like go in myself and set up a campaign but then I'm like oh I shouldn't be doing this because it's not the most productive use of my time um and I think that whenever or like no one starts a company thinking oh, I want to manage people. But ultimately, at the end of the day, when you're scaling your business, that's kind of what you end up doing, like a lot of management Mm. and operations. Um, And of course, you also have to know your numbers super well. Um, So you end up with a lot more of the more boring tasks. But uh, now I feel like I do like a lot of the back end operational stuff. I manage my team. And of course, the most important thing is I spend a lot of my time on like strategy and planning. Okay. Yeah. That sounds like a handful for you kind of to have your hands in like a lot of different areas, but also to have really kind of had like a big switch from like what you used to work with and like what you kind of do now. Um, like as you're like do going about your day to day and kind of the big picture things with KO studio, how do you go about balancing like your life with that as well? Like, do you have boundaries up between work and life? Is it all kind of like a mess of one thing or what does that kind of look like for you? Honestly, I think this is probably the aspect of my life that I struggle with the most. Mm. And I was actually talking to, um, another founder about it yesterday. Uh, And I think it's going to, I'm going to like a founder's retreat tonight. And one of the topics of conversation, like a dinner topic conversation is work-life balance. Um, So I think that like, of course, founders really struggle with it. But I think people in general, um, in like modern capitalistic society, Mm -hmm. we like don't know how to like, I feel like for me, sometimes I'm scared that work is my entire personality personality like the brand (laughs) and I'm like oh my god it's my life but is it normal like I love what I do and I love that um like it's a huge aspect of my identity but also at the same time um I'm also like oh but like what else is there in life and should I be you know yeah like trying to achieve more balance yeah I think Um, that is the question that we're all asking right how do we achieve more balance for sure and I think 
kind of playing off of that, I guess, a little bit as well. Um, just with work and like what you've managed to accomplish, which is really so amazing. But how do you kind of in your life define success and how do you go about, are you looking for that? Is that something you feel like has just found you or um, how is that kind of manifested in your life? And how do you, as we're talking about balance, kind of balance the idea of success with also having a good life and also building a business? Like, what does that look like for you? Mm -hmm. I think success to me is being able to live the life that you want on mm. your terms. Um, like, I think that, of course, there's societal, you know, milestones for success um, and like what it is externally. But at the end of the day, if you have a massive company and you're depressed, like you're not really living a successful life, I would say. Um so for me, it's, I guess, like being the most genuine that I can to myself um, with my wants and my needs. And um, I think like trying to live out my life to the furthest mm -hmm. spectrum that I can um, and just like being really open to experiences and new things. Yeah, no, I mean, and that is what really like the Gen Z Girlies podcast is all about is that we want to help people build lives and careers that they want and that that can look so many different ways for so many different people and that for someone that might be a nine to five career, but for someone else that might mean a nomadic lifestyle traveling. And I think that there is room for all those like different kinds of paths of life really just to follow. And I think that's a really cool thing about when we're kind of getting into what does success look like. And I love that you said it's really about building the life you want. And I think that is so important because it's so easy, you know, to kind of get into this mindset sometimes mm -hmm. of, um, well, if I'm going to be successful, I have to do X, Y, Z, or it means making lots of money, or it means this, this, and this. And it can mean those things, I think, for people, but it can also mean what is what life do you actually want to live um, instead of just thinking about what you've been told that you want to live, I think is so important for yeah. sure yeah I think it's the most important thing um and I think that like often you forget that like you have control over your own life and that you create the life that you want um yeah absolutely I was actually um just talking with someone about this but was even just talking about kind of time management and how mm -hmm. um it's really easy I think sometimes in your life to say oh I don't have time for that or I don't have enough time um, to do that, but really it's more about prioritizing. And when you start viewing your time as if you stop saying, Oh, I don't have enough time for that. And you kind of give yourself the responsibility of saying, well, maybe that's just not a priority for me right now. I think for me, that was Honestly. like such, yeah, like a light bulb moment of just, um, really how to structure my life as well and achieve so much more because when you start giving yourself the control in your life and the responsibility, you're the only one that's holding you back instead of life holding you back or others holding you back. And I think that is such, so um, yeah, a big part too. I think even what I've seen in my life and I'm sure that that has been partially for what you've been doing as well. Absolutely. Yeah. You'll never have enough time in life. <laughs> you got to um, make also it. At yeah. The same, yeah. No, honestly, like honestly at the same time, I feel like you can always make time. Like if mm. you wanted to. Absolutely. Yes. So I know that you mentioned with kind of getting into boxing and then 
um, even before KO Studio was born. Um, but how do you find, is that where you find your community or your friends? Or where do you kind of go to seek out people that you want in your life or friendships um, for you mostly? Mm-hmm. Um, I think now a lot of my friends are just other founders because they relate the most to mm-hmm. um, the life I live now and the struggles that I go through. And I think as a solo founder, um, sometimes it can get lonely because you have to figure everything out yourself and you're kind of just, I don't know, like you're on your own journey. There's no path or blueprint carved out. So you never really know if you're like on the right, you know, you're going the right way. <laughs> the right way. Um, yeah. And I think that it's like really comforting when you can connect with others that are like, in a similar place as you on like a similar journey and they can, you know, support you and you guys can build each other up and, Mm. you know, celebrate each other's successes and stuff. So a lot of my social circle now is just other founders. Absolutely. And I think one question I like to ask people, but I'd love to do like a little bit of a twist on the question for you is I usually ask people that, if you knew what you know today, would you still take the same path? And I would love to hear that, but I would also love to hear your take on, would you do it again as a solo founder or would you look for a co-founder? Kind of both of those sides of that question. Such a good question. Um, Like, like if I knew what I would, if I knew what I knew today, would I build the company the same way or would I like live my life leading up to the company the same way? I think however however you feel led to answer the question. Yeah, I think that there's both ways are good, but I would love to hear, yeah, I guess like your life up to the company, but then also how you kind of built the company and where you're at now. Yeah. I think, of course, I would not build the company the same way because mm. if I knew what I knew today and I had all of the experiences that I've collected through all of my mistakes, all of the money that I've wasted and the time that, <laughs> I've spent on things that did not work I would not build it all the same way I would avoid all of the mistakes and I think we would have been (laughs) able to build the company like way faster um but in terms of like living my life I feel like I had no idea that I would end up in this position like Mm -hmm. if you told me I was gonna have a boxing brand after I graduate high school I would have been so confused because I didn't even box in high school. I was a ballet dancer. So that was kind of the furthest thing. Um, And I actually went to art school originally for fashion design. And I thought I wanted to be a fashion designer um, before I ended up in product design. So I think it's all just been super random. And I never really knew what exactly I wanted to do um, career-wise. So... But I do think that like, like going to fashion school, I had to move to New York, which is what made me pick up boxing and then Mm. like transferring to product design because I didn't like fashion. That's what like gave me the skill sets I needed to like foundationally build out the company and like know enough about branding and like manufacturing to kind of figure things out. So I wouldn't change any of that. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I think 
what I always think kind of about that question too in, in my own life is, you know, we can what if whatever, but obviously we can't go back. And so it's kind of building mm-hmm. on what we know then, right? And kind of moving forward with where we're at now. And I think that you were saying a lot of that, I think as well, for sure. Um, as far as like with the solo founder path versus the co-founder, would you do that one the same or would you switch that up? Yeah, the thing for me is I feel like having a co-founder is so difficult and mm. so risky. Like people say it's like marrying someone. Like you have to spend so much time with your co-founder and um I think oftentimes I've heard so many horror stories about how like like a co-founder has been fucked over and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that ideally two minds work better than one. Like if you have someone that challenges your ideas and brings on like a new pair of skills that you struggle with yourself, of course, having a company with two to three co-founders would be way stronger than ha- like a company with just one. Like if it is a truly good pairing, but I think it's like very difficult to meet someone that you can work with well, that has integrity, um, that like has the same vision as you and has complementing skills. Um, so I think because it's so difficult to find a co-founder like that, um, like if I were to do it again, I still don't think I'd be able to find a co-founder um, because in the year and a half that I've had this business, I've, I have not met anyone close to like, who would I, who I would need and want as a co-founder. Yeah, no, I of course I would love one, but like, (laughs) it just seems impossible. No, I know it's not, but, but it's definitely super hard. I think that is a great answer too. And I think just trusting yourself too, that you have the, all the abilities to get it done and that you can do it. Absolutely. I think is also a really important thing. Well, and then one thing I do love to ask all of the guests that I have on this podcast, just as we're kind of starting to wrap up, because I love getting to hear about KO Studio and just how you built that. Because I think, um, I'm sure I've said this like four or five times now, but really, um, truly amazing. And I think that that takes so much hard work and dedication and really just pushing through. Um, And that is something that not a lot of people can do. And so I think that is really just something that should be celebrated and that you should feel so proud of what you've built. But um, one thing I love to ask just everyone, I think it's something that is a fun question, but for our audience who's Mm -hmm. listening, is there one thing recently that you have just really enjoyed? It can be new music, a new book, a new recipe, or something that you really love that you would kind of love to share with our audience as well. Something that maybe they would like to get into and try something new for sure. Oh, um, I find it hard to read like full length books, but I do like reading and I think it's super important. Um, but I recently uh, started a medium membership, like, you know, that app, yeah it's like short little like also the thing is I used to spend like when I was in high school I spent a lot of time on reddit and then I still like reading things but then I feel like reddit it's like getting a little like like I'm on reddit I'm like oh my god I'm like losing brain cells on reddit (laughs) so I recently replaced reddit with medium and I've been 
getting into that. Yeah, I love that. Well, I think I've heard of it, but I don't know if I've ever actually used it a lot, but I will have to try that out and see because I'm kind of the same way. Like I love reading as well, but I would love to try it in some other ways I think would be super, super fun. Yeah, I think that's a great recommendation. Um, Yeah, well, and as just as we're kind of just wrapping up, um, thank you again so much for just taking the time out of your day and just sharing all of that information just with our audience. I know that it's going to be so helpful for them and that they're also just going to love getting to meet you and just um, really get a little bit more of a behind the scenes look of how you've managed to build your company and just who you are. Um, but is there a place or uh, however you want to play this that our audience can either connect with you or your company? Where can they find that information if they're um, looking to get more information on that and want to connect in? Of course. And you're such an amazing host. Thank you for the opportunity to be on the Gen Z Girlies podcast. Um, I'm super grateful. And I actually have my Instagram deactivated right now because I really wanted to, I don't know, like get back in the focus and in the groove of things. Mm -hmm. But normally, (laughs) if you're listening to this later, I don't know when I'm going to get my Instagram back. But my Instagram is y.i.n.q.i. Um, you can also connect with me on LinkedIn and shoot me a message on there. Uh, I'll get back to you. Um, I don't like LinkedIn that much, but, you know, it's what everyone uses nowadays. So, Awesome. Well, that's great. Well, I will definitely need to connect with you on LinkedIn for sure. Um, and with what you were saying about your Instagram, I don't know if I don't know if you're on TikTok or not, but mm-hmm. lately I've been seeing this one that's going around. It just made me think of this, but I don't know if you've seen it where it's like, it says something about us touching the us touching the ground to get back to nature after this like, whatever <sighs> this last weekend was like. Anyway, so funny. It's so funny. I saw it last weekend after I had a particularly rough one, and I was like, "Yep." Mm-hmm. I was like, "That's exactly what I feel like right now." But that's kind of reminded no, me. No, but like <laughs> literally, like literally. I think when I was building the company, I didn't have Instagram for like the entire six months of the zero to one stage. Like, I felt like I needed so much focus. I just, like, couldn't handle any of, like, IG notifications, like, the external distractions. And um, I think I'm in a place right now where I just, like, really need that again. So I was like, okay, well, I'm going to miss you, IG, but we're going to have to go on a break again. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that's even... I know we're wrapping up, but that I think is a great point as well, even just that like sometimes you have to make some sacrifices in order to build what you want to build and um, to be able to like internally know that you need to do that. (laughs) No, you're such a fun host. Um, But I think I I agree. One more thing. I think Instagram has had like a chokehold on me since I was 12 years old. And I like wish I could get off the app permanently. Um, but it's like kind of like that one, like your first love, like that one ex boyfriend that you keep <laughs> that you like keep coming back to. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's horrible. That's me. Oh, I've been having such an issue with just TikTok at bed lately. I like get in bed and it's it's, it's becoming an issue. So I'm like TikTok. You know bad. what? <laughs> I know. I'm like I need to I need to quit for a little bit. <laughs> get like get back out there. But yeah, well, mm-hmm. thank you again so much just for being on the podcast. I think really that was so helpful. Um. And I know that our audience will love to connect with you and kind of just get more in with KO Studio as well. And um, 
if anyone on the audience is listening and hasn't used any of the gear from KO Studio, I definitely recommend it and you should go get some. It's definitely worth the purchase. And if you haven't gotten into boxing, it's also definitely worth it. Um, but Gen Z girlies, if you're listening, thank you so much for also just listening to another episode and another interview. Um, as always, you can connect with uh, me and our podcast at, or have an Instagram, a Twitter, and a TikTok. So feel free to follow us on there. It's at Gen Z Girlies Podcast. And then if you have any questions or are interested just in even getting connected further in, um, feel free to email us at Gen Z Girlies Podcast at gmail.com. We love to hear from you. Want to hear all the feedback, um, anything you have to say, as long as it's not too mean, even if it's a little mean, that's okay. Send it my way. <laughs> but thank you again, Gen Z Girlies audience. And thank you again so much for your time um, just on this podcast.